If you or a loved one has a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution. Thank you, everyone, for stopping by the Hoarding Solution podcast. Today, I'm pleased to talk with Beatrice Pena, who is in New York City, and I'm very excited to talk with her and get her perspective and just learn a lot more about her and how she helps people. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's a pleasure. How are you? I nice am, to see you, Tammy I'm, Moses. <laughs> I'm doing all right, and I may not have said your name completely correctly, but you Thanks. said it beautifully. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy. Um, so, you know, um, we, we, we were talking this week to get it all set up. And um, I uh, just so people are aware, you know, so I'm Beatrice Pena and you said it perfectly. Um, and I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I have two children and um, I live in a tiny little uh, apartment unit in, in Brooklyn. Um, and I so I'm by day or by trade, I'm an executive admin, but by by night, by weekend, and by um, uh, by choice, I, I choose to help hoarders um, organize their lives. Um, so I I started doing that uh, almost now. Gosh, it's been about five years, maybe maybe a little more. I could be giving myself um, a little less time. Um, when I I was laid off from uh, a corporate job and um and someone told me you know you, you're such you're so good at cleaning your your apartment is spotless it's spotless and it's so organized and everything is so you know put together and uh, why don't you just take that and run with it like why don't you start your own cleaning company and um and I thought to myself I said that's a pretty good idea actually you know I I and it's very therapeutic for me I I love doing it um so i thought let me do this let me just set up a few business cards and see what happens um and i, I got a few phone calls right away because I, I i didn't specify um cleaning lady i specified organizing and um and that and that got people interested because apparently in new york um and there's no coincidence um there are people who have um, organizing issues, hoarding issues. And um, first apartment that I went to was a family of four, a couple with two babies, two little ones, mm. and they wanted me to help organize their children's uh, playroom, their, their, their room. And when I went in, I was like, oh, whoa, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't organizing. This is, this is more than that. This, this family struggles with hoarding. Mm. Um, it wasn't just children's clothing. Um, you could tell, you know, there was uh, uh, children's toys that were already um, in, uh, um, not age appropriate. That's how you know, like when you see there's, uh, these kids are not toddlers anymore. They're now thir five and seven um, and they still have baby toys all over the place and the, the clothing scattered all over the floor, clean clothes, dirty clothes. You couldn't tell which was which. Um, posters, books, um, everything was just thrown in there. It looked like a, like a tornado had hit. I said, I have to make this room perfect for these kids. I have to do it. I don't know why it's like this. I, I, you know, the children are not at fault for this. This is, this goes on the adults, right? The adults have to take the time to um, organize their children's room. 
but they couldn't do it in their own living room or their own bedroom or their own bathroom or their own hallway, then you can tell that this is now bigger than just, you know, someone who just didn't have time to clean. Um, and I, I redid that how it was a, an entire house actually. So it wasn't just an apartment, it was a house and I did it. It took me weeks. That was, you know, days of, you know, visiting for two or three hours at a time um, to help organize the entire house. It started with the children's room and then it were, she loved it so much what I did. Um, and, and she was willing to let go of stuff. That was an easy one. Um, and then you have, you know, I, I got more uh, uh, referrals through that one, through that one person, I got referrals. And that's how I built a clientele. Um, so, so that's what I do. Um, and I'm still doing it. Um, during this quarantine, I lost my uh, employment. And so I said, oh boy, here we go. I got to start, I got to start it up again. I got to do stuff to, you know, you do what you can to try to, um, you know, survive during this type of um, pandemic. And, and I, I've never, well, it was a lot harder this time because we were quarantined and we couldn't visit people and we couldn't mm -hmm. visit each other. But on moments where someone asked me to come and help them, um, where they're quarantined outside of the apartment, I would just take the key of the residence and, and they trusted me with their home and I'm able to go in and step in. And, you know, in New York, it's a nightmare when you have hoarders because um, these apartments are small and smaller people think because it's smaller it's easier when it's smaller everything's more compact and, you, and harder to you know it's just harder to walk through stuff it's just mm -hmm. harder to make it through uh it's it's like um i you know I, I people ask me well what's it like i said well have you ever imagined an, a, a labyrinth and but the labyrinth of of um of uh of material or things all the things that they have go up and scattered everywhere. It's not, it's not just stationed in any one spot. The, 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 the mess isn't in one spot. It's everywhere. Um, we're talking about the entire apartment. You can't see their floor. Um, you cannot uh, walk through. It's like a, a maze of cluttered um, items and clothing and uh, food containers and, and food, food that they, you know, food that's been left in a kitchen for days on end because they didn't want to toss it out in the garbage or and um, people have a hard time imagining it like if you haven't seen it or and even right. if you've seen a show or a picture it still isn't the same as that moment when you walk in <laughs> right that space right uh-huh um and um and I, so I was raised in an, in an environment. So I had um, uh, a single mother raising my brother and I, and, you know, she was, um, she suffered from depression and um, she suffered from what now we call bipolar disorder. Back then it was called manic depression. Mm. Um, and I didn't know what was happening. I was too young to understand what was happening, but um, the, the worst she got, the worst her mental health got the worst the hoarding got so she you know initially was a very organized person and then um once she started suffering from depression we started noticing that she wouldn't throw anything out um and, and then over time i was raised in a home environment where 
um, you know, where I couldn't walk through the apartment or bring friends over um, to visit because I was, I was embarrassed to have my friends come by um, out of fear that they would, you know, mock me or joke around or, or just, or, or, or be disgusted by the scenario. Um, uh, and, you know, in the process, I mean, I have a story. It's really, it's a sad story. We were raised very poor. We didn't have a lot of money. So, um, uh, but she worked, um, you know, she worked as a beautician and she was always on her feet and she'd go to work every day very diligently mm-hmm. um, and always managed to come back with things, um, you know, I don't know, like someone would sell her something at the parlor and she'd buy something, you know, secondhand or whatever. and it come to the apartment and mm-hmm. we had something new, some, a new vase. How many vases did we need? We had like 20 vases hanging, you know, just sitting on one table and they were dusty and dirty and um, uh, umbrellas, thousands of thousands of umbrellas in the house, you know, just hmm. things that most people don't, you know, you only need one if you're only, you know, um, plates, dishes, pots and pans she wanted tons of pots and pans and spoons and knives we were only three people in one apartment and our apartment was um overwhelmed with um cooking items cooking Mm -hmm. utensils and um pots and pans and um bags she didn't want to get rid of um plastic shopping bags were always they were always everywhere scattered um and the, the building we lived in was so old that we had you know, it was inevitable. Um, the building was old. Um, it was a tenement home in, in Brooklyn. And so you had, you had rodents, you had roaches, you had critters. And um, on one occasion, this is a real true story. Um, we had, um, you know, she just didn't, she didn't, you know, it, it's, it's kind of sad. She had a mattress on the floor and she slept on a mattress on the floor and around the mattress was all of the clothing piled up around her. Mm. And uh, one day she said, you know, I feel something, something's, you know, hitting me, something, is that you? Are you touching my leg? And I said, I'm nowhere near you. Um, I'm over here, I'm in the kitchen. Mm. And um, it turned out to be this humongous rat. Oh, a huge listen to me when I tell you it was alive uh-huh. <laughs> you know when I tell you that this is a true story and, it, and she moved and all of a sudden you saw it run out and she she had a night it was a nightmare for her she was scared to death uh-huh. you would think that you would think that that would wake her up or that would change help her change um it didn't my mother uh still lives like that today uh-huh. um and, uh, you know, I could try to visit and try to help as much as I can. She refuses to open the door. Um, she, she knows that I will go in and throw things out. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, it does destroy relationships and families um, and hurts the individual. Um, it's scary, to say the least, right? She could right. have been hurt that day. And um it was totally, you know, I tell that story and people, some people laugh at the story and I, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's not something I can laugh about. It really happened. And I remember just feeling really sorry for the situation, just knowing that because of a, a depression, because of depression, my mother couldn't find, she couldn't get out of, um, 
she couldn't get out of her own head to um, to be able to organize her life, you know. So it, it wasn't like she chose to. It wasn't a choice. It was it was totally uh, powerless against the um, hoarding issue. Like she just didn't know how to. The whole thing is that people will say, oh, just clean it up or just throw it away or just there's like right. this almost knee jerk reaction to what to do. And right. if you've survived it or lived it or helped people in a, in a less judgmental way, I think you really key into the fact that it's depression. There's something, there's mental health, yeah. there's trauma, there's something that's causing that person to engage in what they're doing and right right you would think in those scenarios like you're talking about with a big rodent that that would be a wake-up call and right it it's and for a lot of us it is that would be i'd be horrified like i'd be like right right. a new york city a new york city rat measures about uh, about 12 inches like literally okay that's how big they are they can be and bigger um, that's what came out of that scenario there. And I remember just being, I was like, I, I can't live like this. I couldn't. And because of that, I, I emerged, um, you know, I, I started, you know, I studied as much as I could in high school to get out of there. And I, right. I, you know, it cost, it was a ripple effect of, um, of, of choices made to get out of the hoarding situation that may, could have been, you know, it could have been the, um, you know, could have changed my whole destiny if you think about it, because I mean, had we not had a hoarding situation, I might not have wanted to, you know, start working so early. I might've finished college. I might've, um, you know, who knows, you know, we could, could have, should have, would have, um, gone to college and finished, um, couldn't do that. I had to think about getting out of that. Um, uh, you know, I don't mean to call it an abusive, environment but it is somewhat neglect when a child cannot get ready for school because they can't find their clothes in all of the hoarding situation um or they're so embarrassed because in that hoarding uh, they can't find their homework or their notebook or their they can't do homework because there's no table they can't right. find the table um uh, or or you know or worst case scenario you're trying to do work um, and um, you're trying to do your homework uh, and you have all these critters, you know, riding around you and you, you're scared to death. So now you don't get the homework complete because now you've got to hide in one spot and then, you know, the, the clearest spot in the apartment um, and, and hope that that, you know, that you can make it through the night um, without having an issue. Um, and now you go to school next day and you you know, I, I was very embarrassed to tell a teacher when they said, well, why didn't you complete the homework um, in school? That's why I couldn't complete the homework. Um, I did. I couldn't. I couldn't do homework at home. And you can't um, and so, focus like you can't focus in that clutter. Right. And I figured that out growing up and not in similar circumstances. And I finally figured out that the clutter was a huge trigger for me. And, yeah. it, and it's very anxiety producing. And how do you focus when not only do you have stuff running around, uh, you right. might have things falling, it, you can't, you don't have a clear surface. I mean, and now kids right now are stuck in some of these situations. 
they're right. not able to go to school because, right. you know, and even if you're on a Zoom call, like you don't want people to see your environment. So yeah. The, and I hope you, you, you're going to hear my children. Sometimes they're laughing in the background. I apologize, but that's the reality. You know, you, that's reality. I'm living, I'm showing you, you know, what, what, you know, a mom does. Um, I'm, and I'm, when you told me about the podcast, I said, I ha I'm so happy to do it because um, you said it, you know, there's kids out there living, living it today. And that, so something has to be done. Um, and I, I, I visit homes um, still today where there's one or more people living there and children and animals and pets and uh, hoarding and it just doesn't work um, some there's always some form of dysfunction like there's always some kind of like chaos in their day you know I've had parents that you know mothers who are like you know who cry because they can't resolve a problem they don't feel like they're like they can't get out of their room they can't um they can't get motivated is what they say. They can't get motivated. And I, I'm like, you know, um, I don't have that problem. So why don't I come and help you? Um, you don't have to, um, there's always, you know, there's always help. There's always a solution. And in fact, I can show you how to get motivated. And I start, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what I do. Um, I put music on. Um, I, 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 my suggestion is something very soothing. I try to put some classical music or, um healing music jazz music something soft some 80s you know slow soft rock or something and i start to you know i'll work from one room to so some one side of the apartment or complex until i get to the other side so starting with the bathroom and work my way to say the kitchen and then the living room and bedrooms i usually i usually do bedrooms last um mm -hmm. And the music helps to soothe my, my mind while I'm trying to organize with them. And by the time you know it, and, and I'm, it, some of these people don't want to be there, but most of them do because right. they don't trust that we're not going to get rid of something. So I figure I said, well, if you, I'm going to be with you and you're going to be with me, then you're going to help. We're going to help you help me with this project. Um, right, right away. I call it a project. So it changes. I don't use, I don't use the word hoarding when I'm with my clients. Um, because I don't want to hurt, you know, hoarding has a bad connotation. You know, they've got hoarding shows now on TV, right. hoarders and so forth. And, and people really take offense to that word. So I just call it a project, an organizing project. And when I walk through, I talk to them with grace and I dignity. And I, I talk to them. They are my, you know, they are my employer. Um, they're employing me for the however many hours that I spend with them. And I tell them, you know, I said, we're going to get close during this time. You know, I'm going to learn a lot about you. Um, so, you know, if you feel like you need to stop at any, any given time, and if you get emotional, um, I'm here. I know because, and I explained to them what I went through um, and how I became so organized. Mm -hmm. Um because they're usually, you know, they're usually um, uh, referrals. So they, they ask me, how did I get started? And I'll tell them and why. Um, and, you know, and we start working together. I, I come up with ideas. I let them suggest ideas as well. So if they have something they want to do and they want to keep, I'll tell them, okay, so if you want to keep this, let's, let's wipe it down. Let's wipe it down before we put it away. Right. You know, let's make sure, let's, let's, 
let's kill two birds with one stone. So if you're going to keep, uh, you've got 20 cups. I said, really, do you need 20? I'll tell them. How many times do you, do you host an event here? No one comes. I said, so could you, maybe let's, can we make it 10? Can we get right. rid of 10? And we'll donate 10 to Goodwill. Or you can do, you know, or you can have like a, um, a yard sale. And that can, and when I talk to them about yard sales, they're like, suddenly they're, they're keen because they, money is always a, 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 a fine topic, right? You can make a little extra money off of your, the goods you have, you don't want and you don't need. And, um, and donating, of course, to Goodwill or to the church or to your local um, Salvation Army um, or just tossing it. And, and, and don't be afraid. I, I tell them, don't be afraid to start fresh. This is a new, an opportunity to start a new life, a new, you deserve. And I always talk to them about how they deserve um, happiness and, um, and they deserve to have their space and their uh, serenity place, which I call a serenity place. I always call a home. Your home should be a place of serenity. If it's not, then you have maybe, you, you probably have some dysfunction going on. It doesn't necessarily mean hoarding. It could be, you know, some form of neglect or some form of trauma or something going on when you're not happy at home. Something's off. Um, so um, I try to, you know, explain to people um, that the, the, the less clutter you have, the more time you have to enjoy your life, you know, um, because the, the amount of time you spend looking for, I had someone hire me. I think I mentioned this to you one day. I had someone hire me to find their wallet amongst their hoarding. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. And I said, wait a minute, you're only hiring me to find the wallet. I said, sir, that, that, that wouldn't be fair. I mean, I, I can go, why don't I said, I could do an estimate. We can, I can go to the space and I can assess the problem and I can talk to you about a solution to getting the space organized. But if I told you that I would take, that I would charge you by the hour to find your wallet, that would be unfair of me because the hoarding situation, and you know, I told them, send me pictures. I, so I tell my clients to send pictures first. And then if they want to, I, I, and if I can't see, if I can't see the, the full, you know, uh, if I can't grasp the whole problem, I, I'm more than happy to go and visit them and spend time with them and do a, a free estimate and, and spend, sit with them and see what I can do. But the pictures usually help, but this, this, yeah, the gentleman showed me the photographs and I, I could already tell this was going to be a treasure hunt. Mm. And if you know, you know, like you treasure hunt takes time. time. You're going to find a lot of time and that poor man's money. I said, you know, um, it, it just didn't make sense. I said, why don't we clear the clutter first? Why don't we do that? Because clearing the clutter takes less time because we know that we're going to, um, organize and we know we have at least a, a, an idea of what we want to get rid of and what we want to kind of organize and I know that in the process of that we may find that wallet we might but I can't guarantee we will because we don't you just never know 
you know, I can't promise someone I'm going to find their wallet is what I'm getting at. Like, there's no magic. <laughs> I'm not, a, you know, there's no but magic the, behind it. But the time factor is so, so key. You spend time moving it around, organizing, right. looking at it, dusting it, and then lifting up, lifting up furniture. Right. We, we do that a lot. We lift furniture. We, we vacuum. You got to be careful, you know, because we, I, I've, I've seen dust bunnies so thick that there was there was money under the dust bunnies but you didn't know because there was it was so thick there was mm. stuff under the the dust bunnies or you know things that got attached to the dust bunnies you know like um jewelry or they, people are finding stuff in in the midst of the floor on the floor that was right. valuable in the midst of all of that stuff and by the way so and which leads me to the next issue which is um safety you know I had a hoarder who had a, a boric acid that she put behind her bed to keep roaches from coming into her apartment. Now she mm -hmm. thought with all the hoarding that was going on, she thought that she had to put a, a, a ton of this stuff behind her bed. So I didn't know what it was at first when I walked in, mm -hmm. um, I always come in with a mask and I've seen your mask. You have the best mask in the world. Um, and, and I had to wear my, 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 my gear, you know, I, I put on um, a suit, a little suit that I put on and, um, and my gloves and, um, mm -hmm. and my mask and my, and goggles. Cause sometimes dust will get in your eye and you're just, mm -hmm. you're a mess. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that it was boric acid or boric, uh, whatever it was that she was using. It was a very thin white, powder and I went and I kind of swept mm. and then I saw it kind of balloon out and, and the dust particles I said wait this isn't this isn't cement what is this because cement will so you know there's a there's a difference between the the weight of certain powders and so you know you know that it's not it can't be this it can't be baby powder it's not what is this I said what is this she said it was boric acid I said you have this in the back of your bed I said oh no I said do you know that you're inhaling this Right. every day and this woman was asthmatic and had a few medical issues um and and because of, now she was really in a in a bind because her hoarding was so bad she couldn't find her pills her medication mm. so the medic and and she had expired medication not to mention so she was someone who maybe didn't take meds the way she was supposed to and had years worth of medication stocked in different places mm -hmm. i said and it was, it was, uh, I said, the next time they find her, if they're not careful, she'll not, she'll not be with us. Mm -hmm. um, and then to get through, so I made up, I, I cleared up all of her, all of the clutter. Um, and that took a long time. It was a hot, dead summer. It was really hot summer that year. Mm. There was no air conditioning in that apartment. Um, so just so it's, you know, clear that sometimes we go in to resolve the problem, but we're not you know, we're not in there with, you know, we're not, you know, we're not in, in, in Hawaii, you know, fanning ourselves and enjoying the sun. We're, it's, it's hot. It's some of these apartments have no, uh, and sometimes in the dead of winter, there's no heat in some of these apartments. Some of right. these people are struggling to make payments to, to pay their bills because they can't find their bills amongst the clutter. Um, so they get, you know, their heat, their lighting, their light turned off, their electricity gets shut, their gas get shut um because they're not making their bill payments because mm -hmm. they can't find their bills you know like something that something that what we consider simple uh, so so non-hoarder 
gets all of their livelihood in order and a hoarder can't do that. A hoarder can't do it. They need help. So I, you know, um, so that's where, you know, I think that the conversation that we were just talking about as we, as we were talking is that you can walk into someone's home and I notice their whole life before me. You know, right. and when you walk into my apartment, you know that I have two children. You can probably tell I'm happy um, because the apartment is clutter-free. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's um, uh, there's a sense of um, even the paints and the colors, and you know, down to the the walking through the apartment. You can tell. Um, you know, I have two teenagers. You know, um, they you know their clothing is stored in a, in a closet and their, their things, you know, their, their toys or their books and things stored in bins and, and uh, shelves. And, you know, so there's a, there's, you can tell that we are a, a functioning, happy family. Mm -hmm. um, not to say we're problem free, but we, there isn't a lot of, you know, trauma. The kids are happy. Kids are smiling. They, they're happy to bring their friends over. Um, and, you know, so a sign of a hoarder, usually you'll see that they're a loner or that they don't have very much company because they won't tell anyone what's going on. They don't want anybody to know what's happening. So you'll see, you know, you can kind of figure out who needs the help just by how their, 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 uh, their daily routine is, you know, if you don't, if you see someone who doesn't often invite anyone over you got to question why, you know, um, why they don't have any guests coming. Um, and if you visit, I, when I'm visiting a hoarder, I see their whole life before them. Like I, 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 I've been uh, to homes where all of their photo albums are laid out on the kitchen table or the kitchen sink, you know, just stocked up on top of kitchen sink and it's right. in the kitchen. And this is their life, their, their pictures, memories, um, um, photos, um, I don't know, um, old clothing from, you know, 1980, still hanging up, you know, mm -hmm. on there on the sofa or just things laid out. Um, and, and you can tell what's going on in their world. Like, oh, they recently went to Target because, well, they've got a thousand Target bags. And that's what's on the top. <laughs> that's what's on the top. That's what's on the top. But I can tell you went to Target. When'd you go? You know, you went last week? Yes, because it's all the way on the top. You're right. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and what's in there? Oh, you know, you, they bought stuff, but it never made it out of the bag. Um, they mm -hmm. never, they didn't use it. Nothing that, you know, um, but what it is doing is it's, it's, it's gathering dust. It's collecting dust. It's collecting, it's piling up and less and less room for them to move and walk and maneuver. And, um, and so that's, those are the apartments and those are the, uh, uh, units that I deal with, like those types of um, issues, those really serious issues. I, I think those are real serious. And, um, and I want to say the word, you know, um, uh, unhealthy, unhealthy homes, you know, where someone is not able to function normally and not, they can't cook because they're you know, they can't cook, they can't um, use their bathroom because they use the bathroom as a, as a storage space and not the bathroom because they have so much stuff that it has to make its way somewhere, you know, and it overflows into all the rooms. 
Um, and, and so everything basically becomes a storage unit. If it doesn't fit here, it fits there. And people right. will say, oh, um, I'm not a hoarder. And most of the time, if they say they aren't, they probably aren't. Um, if the, but you've got people who will never use that word. And right. that's what the issue is, or they'll be offended right. by the word. And I get there's so much negative connotation. Right. But there but has to be a word for it. So we've, there we've has to be the something. Right, word. right. Right. And it's not about judgment. It, people right. will say, oh, I've had friends. Oh, don't, don't mind the house. And I come in, I'm like, you have laundry on your couch? Okay. Who, like, okay. Right. Most people have laundry <laughs> right. to fold, right? Um, right. And I think to some degree, there's there's a need to normalize it just a tad that we all right. mail we all have laundry like we all do yeah. but we manage it differently like yeah. i can't stand yeah. shopping bags full of stuff sitting around it drives me Same. up the wall and Same. the stuff i pull stuff out and it might sit on the counter until i put it on the shelf but i can't right. stand it in a bag Same. Um, i agree i agree i agree I, if I go shopping, I come home and I, I pull everything out of the bags and, you know, some of the bags might make a recycle. So in other right. words, I may be able to use them again, but I try, I, I'm going to be honest with you. My first rule of thumb for uh, non-hoarding is don't save your bags. Don't save too many, save just as many as you need. You know right. what I mean? And, and if you don't want to get rid of it because you're concerned about landfills or something, pass it on to someone else, find a, there's, there's a way, there's a means to an end. I tell you, there's a means to an end, but the, the bags are the beginning. I, I always, I, yeah. Um, I focus a lot on, on, on those, uh, shopping bags. I, I, I really don't, um, you're right about that. It's like, they do become, they're cumbersome. They're in the way they, they really have no place in the kitchen. They really don't. Um, they, they don't really have a place don't. in the living room. They don't have a place in the living room. They were meant to carry something. They were meant to hold it. And when you bring it home, take the item out, put the item away, and then toss the bag if you can. Um, and if you don't want to, just, you know, save it underneath. But yeah, listen, I've opened up tons of pantries where you're <laughs> looking for, yeah, you're looking for food in the pantry, but that's not what you find. You find plastic shopping bags also that pop out at you. It's like, it's, it, when is too much too much is what I'm getting at, right? So um, I think that there is a, a, a normal or a healthy amount of things we have to have in our existence to, to be happy. Um, I, I mean, I, know, I love books, but I know that my space is very limited. So I can't, I can't have lots of books at home because my shelving isn't, isn't big enough. Um, if, I, if I try to incorporate too much furniture my children will have no space to walk the apartment is very small so um yeah i um i build up i buy bins and i put things in bins and i stack the bins up and try to make uh, a kind of just a walkway for everything and you know um but it's it's you know i think courting is a real serious issue and it doesn't get addressed as a mental health issue People just call it, oh, they're lazy, or they can't, you know, or they don't want to do that, or they, it, it's not, it's, it's, um, it's more than that, it's bigger than that, it's, um, 
And I think the sooner doctors and physicians and nurses and um, medical health professionals understand that and start to talk about it and maybe, um, you know, maybe even addressing it in, in uh, trainings or classes, um, even with, um, I was talking to someone the other day about, um, you know, say um, uh, someone that needs a, a medical attention gets the ambulance brought down and the cops come and the police are called and the ambulance comes. They can't make it into the apartment because the place is, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hazard for them to walk in. Right. Um, it's a safety hazard for the person that needs the assistance. Um, I think that, and I also think that um, law enforcement needs to learn how to talk to people who have these issues. It's not a fun, it's not funny. In other words, it's not a joke. Um, so I've, I've, I've experienced, I'm not saying all, I'm not saying I've not had that many experiences with um, uh, law enforcement that, that have been, um, you know, that have offended anyone, but sometimes, you know, when they, you know, when they walk into a place, they don't get that there's a person with a mental health issue you know, and they find it funny or they joke about how dirty or messy the apartment is, or um, I had it happen to me. The reason why I'm talking about it, I can talk about this is because it happened to me with my mom. Mm. Um, you know, when a relationship went sour in her life and let's say the police had to be called and they had to come into our apartment, I remembered some police officers making jokes about how bad the apartment was. And that didn't make the kids in the apartment feel good. That would be me and my brother. Right. Um, we, went, we 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 were scarred with that for life. I'll never forget how they laughed at my mom. Um, mm, that's so sad. It is sad. Yeah. It was sad. And then you know, and and ultimately, it teaches a kid that they can't trust law enforcement either. So as I got older and I had my own slew of problems and my own life started to unfold, I was less likely to contact someone in authority because I had I remembered that experience and I never forgot it um so I, I try to tell law enforcement or um medical professionals um or anyone really um be kind you know it does not it's not difficult to walk into someone's home and just you know if you feel you want to help a family member and this is for somebody that's listening who may not have any kind of expert experience with hoarding but if they want to help their family member you know it doesn't hurt to just go in and just wash their dishes or or you know as you're talking with them help them fold their laundry or, or you know um uh and, and there's ways to address it without you know um without being mean or um or insensitive um because a, a hoarder is less likely to fix the problem if they feel bad about themselves. Um, you gotta make them feel, yeah, you have to make them feel like they're a, a member of society and and good person and that this, this situation can be fixed. It's resolvable. I always walk in and say, this can, this, this is not a problem. Although it's a problem. It's a problem, but it's not a problem. We can fix this. This is fixable if and you want to fix it. That that human element, that is when we first started talking, that was one of the things I was like, she gets it. There's that human element and you have to 
establish that trust. You have to have that conversation and people right. will tell you their story as they go through their stuff. And yeah, it's part yeah. of why it's time consuming, but it's also right. part of why it's therapeutic and somewhat healing if you come in it as the assistant with the right mindset. And yeah, that is so important even just now when you're talking about law enforcement or people that come in and encounter those situations a lot of them are not prepared for what they're about to see because right. there isn't training there isn't a discussion right. there is no awareness of what you might encounter although at least for me there was emergency personnel that removed my dad from the horde and i am so grateful because they saw it and it was right. someone besides me trying to explain what's going on and there's so many times you as the adult kid or even as a young person if someone right. tells you you need to fix this problem or whatever and you try to tell them you can't and you don't have like they can't wrap their head around the fact that sh the shower is not usable because it's right. full of newspapers and clothes and pet food right. like there's no the awareness piece is not there for the people who could potentially intervene right in right. a crisis right and um so i never forgot those memories those are memories that live with me forever and so for that reason i i do what i do and um and and why i live the way i live i live very minimalistic um some people ask me why i don't have a lot on my walls or um you know, and I just tell them, I said, you know, if I have a frame or, or something, one or two, I, I, that's fine. But I just, you know, for everything you put on a wall, you have to make sure you dust it. You've got to make sure you've got to clean it. So I, I, I try to be as minimalistic as possible, you know, um, and not, and it's not to say you can't live and enjoy your life and enjoy your home or, mm -hmm. or buy things, just, um, uh, you know, focus on what you can what's realistic for the space the space is you know a certain amount of feet it's square footage and um it, there's only so much furniture you can put in a room that's you know 24 by 15 or whatever um uh, there's only so much um before you can't use it properly you know right and, and you know so it's like and being so cognizant I, of that and creating right. the space that you do deserve because the there's so much self-worth wrapped up in the stuff that that's yeah. why they struggle so much when you come in and are in my opinion rude and a jerk and you don't need there are ways to do this without that now sometimes right. there is a necessity to do more and quickly and yes but what if we intervened a little earlier what if we had these conversations before it was a crisis? What if before like you're crisis. doing, you're coming in and you're right. helping someone before it's an issue? Like, and right. that is, I think, where we can have a great impact for people's lives right. is right. coming in before it's a fire, before it's a medical crisis, you know, and right. But they have to feel comfortable enough to reach out to someone who isn't judgmental and Precisely. tell you that. I've watched something recently, personally, right. and I, a lot of times I can't watch these things because I can smell it, and I just, I have a hard time watching some of those things, but right. some of the attitude that I saw 
is the reason why people don't ask for help. And right. that oh, yeah. is just even you and I have talking about it and being aware is one way to bridge that gap, you know? Right. And right. as your business grows, as the work you do grows, I think there'll be opportunities for you to say, hey, you know, I could talk about this. <laughs> I could educate you, you know? Um, and I think that that is having the courage to speak out about your own experience is what is healing not only for you but it brings that perspective for other people and i think that is so valuable where you can take that pain and use it right exactly exactly and and so i um you know i try to tell people you know don't compare each other that every every home is different um you want to um you want to understand somebody not compare your life to that person you know right every everyone is different every every apartment that i've worked in was different than the other there was you know every single one was a different um was a different there was a different solution for every single one like everyone didn't get a bin solution every everyone didn't get a whole cleaning everyone didn't get um uh you know help with you know just clothing and there was one with just clothes and, and nothing else and then there you know every single one has been different and every solution for every apartment that I've had was different um every trauma pattern for each person was different um you know some people lived in you know a home with one with a single mother or no father or you know oh, your father but no mother and you know everybody was different um so I don't handle every single apartment the same or every unit the same or every space the same and, and everybody that yeah. uniqueness it, we're all different people right so you might right. have a baseline for how you know things can look or the materials you need to bring or the self-care which we didn't i almost feel like we could have a whole other episode about self-care of yourself right, as the right. Health and making sure you're wearing your protective equipment and and right. making sure that you are protecting yourself, not only physically, but your own mental health and your own self-care. Oh, thing. yeah. And yeah, anyway. I've gone into apartments where I, I suddenly had a flashback, honestly, mm-hmm. and I had to step out for a minute, right. get some air and re- and resume because I, I you know, I don't, I, it's not that I can't do the job. It's just sometimes it is a bit overwhelming. Right. I've gotten into, I, I went into jobs where I said, I, I don't think I can do this. And I was honest with them. Um, I don't think I can do it alone. Right. So I'm going to have to get some extra help. And, um, and it's up to them to decide whether they want that or not. Um, Cause I am one body and um, you know, and, oh, I meant to say over time, I, I developed uh, an autoimmune disease so I'm now you know I have rheumatoid arthritis and um and it did it was the doctor said it had a lot to do with trauma a lot he said you know straight off the bat have you had trauma in your life when you when I met him absolutely because this is it, it, it was a constant thinking the brain is over overwhelmed and as you get a little older um your brain has been so it's been so overwhelmed for so long that something happens, you know, your body then starts attacking itself because Mm -hmm. you've been holding being strong for too long. 
Um, and so that's what I try to tell people is, you know, hoarders usually are people who have had so much trauma happen yeah. that they held on for the items are almost like, um, or the things they're holding on to is still this, the, the baggage they've been holding on to for so long. Um, that I'm not shocked that when I go in there, you know, they're crying or they're having a moment um, because they, uh, their whole life has been, you know, the, 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 the rug was pulled from underneath them at some point in their life or other, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's lots of different things that I, I mean, I'm glad we touched on today and talked about. I mean, I hope that I've been helpful. I hope that I was helpful in talking today. I, I, Yes, I appreciate what you're doing and the perspective that you bring to it. And I think it's really needed to find and connect with those heart-centered people who really understand on a deeper level what this actually is. So I try try to make it fun for them too. You know, Mm -hmm. I try to, I try to engage them and smile a lot and I'll bring deodorizers and I bring um fruity products products that make them happy i said look this smells like bubble gum you know it's, it's the right. whole house is gonna smell <laughs> delicious you know but by the time i'm done with it but i've got to get done with it in order for you to get this this reward of um you know the scents and stuff you know so i try to i try to give them something i always bring something i'll bring you know you know i said by the time we're done we'll be able to put candles on that you know right beautiful you know mantle there you know you'll be able to bring people over for Christmas. How cool is that? You know, um, and they get excited about it, you know, and then that's how I'm able to get somewhere. A vision. A vision give them something to look forward to. Give them something to look forward to. If we can declutter, then you can have your family over for the holidays, you know? So it's, it's yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that we got to talk today. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that and I look forward to sharing this episode and so if people want to reach out to you what's the best way for them to do that yeah I'm on Facebook um Beatrice Pena um it's um I'm on Facebook I'm on Instagram um and uh you know I can send you I can send you a link to my Instagram um I just started using incorporating Instagram for the business um and um and yeah email my email is beatrice.pena916125 at gmail.com and the spelling of the name is very important because otherwise I won't get it uh b-e-a-t-r-i-z as in zebra dot P-E-N-A-916-125 at gmail.com. All right. Well, and I will put this information in the show notes and we can put a link to your Instagram there so people can reach out to you. And That's awesome. Thanks so much for being here and spending um, spending time with us. I really appreciate it. Oh, I thank you. I love you, Tammy Moses. <laughs> I love what you do. Thank you. I love you too. And I appreciate human element. Thank you. Oh, I love it. Thanks so much for having me. If you or a loved one has a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution. 